Hey everyone, today is Tuesday, the 11th of October 2016. This is The Gap, episode 341. I'm Luke Laurie. Nathan Lawrence is with me tonight. What up? And it's just us two because Joby is out pawning noobs. Is he on a plane right now? Um, I don't think so. He's due back Thursday. Thursday morning, so I would think he's probably flying out tomorrow sometime. Yes, that makes sense. I did tell him that I would high-five him in the sky, because our planes will be passing each other, hopefully not too closely. Yeah, that would not be good. (laughs) Um, We could high-five then, right? uh, It'd probably hurt. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about his pawning of noobs next week. Um, That's if he's not under embargo. No, he should be right, because that game is out next week, right? Uh, one of them is, yes. One of them is. Uh, yeah, you're right. But it depends on when embargo lifts, because, you know, these days, uh, as mm. one of the games we will talk about very soon, they like to kind of have embargoes that lift on the day of the, that the game goes on sale, or they don't send out copies until the day of sale. Yeah. Yeah, and then they've also been doing things like... Uh, lately a couple of different places have done like these pre-release versions of games where you can pre-order it and you get to play it a couple days early um which like gears of war has done and forza has done and a bunch of ea games have done uh in in the past which is kind of eh, it's a bit funny i don't know if i like it well, they've got... Um, I know EA was doing it with what, EA Access, isn't it, on Xbox? Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's now Origin Access, isn't there? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at um, it. Which I would normally laugh at, but I guess if you're a super hardcore Battlefield fan, and assuming that the same thing applies, and you're able to um, play Battlefield 1 a couple of days early, I can imagine people buying a one-month subscription to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just It's just dirty, though. It? It it is, but it's like it's you can see the think tank, man. The how do we? Well, we've got people hooked on pre-order bonuses and incentives. How do we take that to the next level? And this, this is a pretty smart way to do it, man. Yeah. Like I think, if anything, pre-ordering games is showing how impatient gamers are. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and then also by hey, here's the ultimate edition of like Forza was like 140 bucks, and. You don't get, like, DLC with that at all. It's it's pretty much just, like, you get to play the game early, and here's a couple extra bonus things that you can kind of do with the game, uh, different cars and whatnot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of where things have been going recently in terms of early access type stuff and having to pay to play early. It's very strange. It's rough, but, I mean, like, <clears throat> like pre-orders, <clears throat> where does yeah. the fault lie? Um, unfortunately, it lies with us. Not us being informers of opinion, but us being gamers, right? Like, mm. if we didn't fucking pre-order games, Don't pre-order games. We, we refused to bow to those sort of incentives, if we didn't, um, you know, pay, what, 140 bucks to play a game early, um, then I think that it would stop, right? Like, they, they're testing shit, and yes, it, I agree, it's kind of taking the piss, but... I, if it doesn't go away, I imagine that's because um, people are buying. <laughs> because people are doing it, right? Yeah. Was it a digital only version, by the way? Because you've got to imagine it. It would have to be. No, uh, they were doing Gears of War in store. Really? Yeah. 
That's interesting because I thought that they would have tied that into, um, you know, this whole like Microsoft little movement towards fucking off retail, which is awesome. Like the Play Anywhere program where you've got to buy it digitally to be able to access it on your PC and your Xbox One. Like that's a nice little subtle fuck you to retail, right? Yeah, pretty much. Because that's a good thing, I think. Like when when there were rumors about the Xbox One not having a um, a disc drive and being all digital and you know you had to buy your games in a store and whatever I was, I was like actually kind of excited about that not because you know it kind of creates um i guess the bad side of that would be that microsoft would control the pricing mm-hmm. uh, exclusively but the good side of that is like this retail um stuff you know i think retail needs a bit of a kick up the bum mm-hmm. yeah so i'm looking at gears of war 4 now at eb games it is 140 dollars for the ultimate edition it gives you the game disc, a steelbook, a season pass, and early access, which is from October 7th, so uh, four days early, right? Yeah, so it officially came out today, Yep. which I had to keep checking because, I mean, between um, sort of the press early access thing that I had to it, on top of the fact that there was, like, embargo lifting just before the early access consumers could get it, Mm-hmm. versus the actual release date which is today yeah. it gets a bit confusing keeping track of all this stuff <clears throat> i mean like but like things like eb expo had something recently what did they have the um what was that stupidly expensive pass like the vip ultimate gamer pass yeah wasn't it like 500 bucks or something like that 700 800 bucks and we, we i mean, were talking I about this last week joe and i oh was it sold out uh i don't think i don't know if it was sold out but people certainly were using them and that's what i mean like those those are the <laughs> the pre-orderers and the yeah. you know the, that's that idea personified i mean like we're all kind of guilty of it like i've i fall into the trap of um occasionally pre-ordering when i want to get like a collector's edition statue or something that i think is going to sell out yeah um that one i can kind of make sense of for um pre-ordering but in the same breath like if the cost of like getting rid of this whole pre-order incentive bullshit is to fucking get rid of um, limited editions, I would take that hit for the team. Yeah. It's not like someone else wouldn't pick up the slack and make a statue somewhere else, right? Yeah, like when was the last time you went into a store and said, I'll have a copy of blah, 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 latest AAA game, and they said, I'm sorry, we're sold out of them. Like that doesn't happen anymore, right? Well, not in major city areas. Like you can still find stuff generally uh you know if you shop around um unless you're going for a brand new piece of hardware like a a wii when when that was first released or stuff like the playstation vr that is sold out but typically video games um they'll have stock of that stuff and even if they don't you pick up a fucking digital copy yeah exactly um yeah so the gears of war 140 bucks that comes with a season pass so which I guess it's kind of justified. I don't know if the 140 bucks is justified. It's still a bit expensive because considering you probably pick up the game for what 79 bucks, something like that. Um, you're paying nearly double for, I guess, a season pass and then uh, early access. Uh, whereas Forza Horizon 3 Ultimate, um, that was also 140 bucks. That gave you early access, but it was just like, um, yeah, a couple extra cosmetic stuff. Not really anything else to do with it so yeah i don't like that one that one was a bit dodgy it is a bit but then who's buying it you know what i mean (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I don't exactly. like. I get that. I mean, probably our generation, especially, is, is very impatient. Um, you know, the whole debate that goes on in the movie world about um, you see movie posters in Australia, and they've always got like only at cinemas and stuff like that, which is, I guess, nowadays a subtle dig at digital distributors like Netflix and whatnot that are mm. releasing their own shit without cinematic uh, releases or theatrical releases, as you say. But on top of that, like it was always like this kind of like subtle thing of like, don't pirate, <laughs> don't pirate it. But the problem with the internet is that we get the trailers at the same time that the US gets the trailers, that the UK gets the trailers. So we're seeing movies or we're, we're getting hyped for stuff that we, we are then told, oh, I'm sorry, because of your location, you're not getting that movie for you know, yeah. two weeks, two months, two years or whatever after it comes out somewhere else. Um, and I just think that's a bit like a missed sales opportunity, I'd call it. Like you mentioned PSVR being sold out. Same thing happened with the PlayStation 4 at release. Um, and places like, you know, Apple like to do that, create this manufactured fucking bullshit diamond-esque um, demand. Like, mm. oh, we're so in demand that we're sold out. Like, no, fuck you. That's a missed sale. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't be getting happy about the fact that you've sold out of something because if there's a demand there and, and people want to buy it, then you have underserviced and you've under delivered on the quantities of you know the shit that you're shipping. Same yeah. thing happened with the Nest Classic. That's mm-hmm. apparently sold out. Yeah. And then all you get is these other side of the, the coin, these fucking flipper pricks who go and buy three, four, five or whatever, even if they have to go to different stores to, to, to do, do it. it. Yeah, to get around the one or two per customer restrictions. Um, and they sell them online and make a tidy profit. Hmm. Some yeah, it's a bit bad shit. News. It's bad news. Like, yeah, it's it's a bad business practice, I think. Um, and I think it's yeah, it's bad for kind of encouraging, like, creating a an economy yeah. out of you know stuff that really shouldn't be exorbitantly priced. And if it you know if they'd made enough, then people would people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, I probably would buy a PSVR this week um, or <laughs> a bit later if I could. Uh, depending, you know, based on what people have talked about with games and whatnot, there's not that much at the moment, but I certently am champing at the bit to play the full 30 minutes, whoa, of um, the Rogue One oh, yeah. Battlefront X-Wing VR mission, most complicated title in history outside of Japan. Hmm. Um, yeah, like, I want to play that, but, like, I don't have the option to go and get half cut one day and then do an impulse buy on something that I only end up using for half an hour. Which is not that bad for me, but it's bad for Sony. <laughs> yeah, because they're the one missing out. Um, yeah, what I was going to say was the thing I hate a lot is when you go and like watch a movie trailer online, and it's like we've blocked this in your region. It's like what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> like this is an ad. <laughs> yeah, and you're blocking me from watching an ad. You crazy yeah. motherfuckers! It's it's weird, isn't it? And I think um, in the next few years hopefully within the next five years we'll start to see that change um and hopefully it'll it'll bleed over into games you know instead of sort of seeing regional bullshit except when it comes to classification i guess like but this whole regional pricing model and regional content locks and all this shit like it's it's so archaic Hmm. and again it missed sales right especially with digital stuff yeah like if with the digital stuff it's weird because it it came out like if on the um, the consoles previously, you would be sort of allocated to your region. If you have to play games in this area, you'd buy them 
and um like the compatibility was was region a or region b whatever um but they've sort of steered away from that recently i know the playstation doesn't um doesn't do it but they've started doing it more towards digital stuff which uh which is a bit shit because it should all be the same in in my mind but then they you know this is something we try to to have answered in australia multiple times where it's like why is stuff here so much more expensive uh on the video game front and then we just get the sort of the circle dance where the publishers are saying it's retailers or it's their you know they're just going through their europe division or you know the, the retailers are saying it's a publisher but then the publishers are saying it's retailers and yeah you kind of just get the run around you really don't know where it is but somebody's making too much money somewhere. <laughs> yep. Which is... uh, it's certainly not bleeding back to this side of the fence, I'll tell you that much. Um, mm. Which is bad, and, and I think if you look at it in terms of the RIP of a game in US versus here, we're paying double, so effectively our sales are kind of double. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably why Australia is like... Like that, you used to the the bullshit line about, oh, Australia's... Or your insert your country here is a really important region to us. But... When you get people to like quantify that, they start talking about shit like, yeah, Australia is actually third in the world for, you know, subscribers or player base or something like that. Third or fourth, like World of Tanks, we're pretty up there. I know Star Citizen when I talk to Chris, I'm not going to say Taylor. Chris, I'll just call him Chris. <laughs> Chris, Roberts. Chris Roberts. There we go. Yeah. I should know that. Robert Space Industries. Anyways, talked to Chris Roberts um, a couple of years back about it. He was sort of saying that most, like, there was a fair chunk of pledges that came from Australia that put us in the top three or four mm-hmm. um, in the world, which is like, I, I always think of Australia as kind of like this little place, you know, at the bottom of the world that's kind of an afterthought. It's certainly how we're treated in terms of pricing and releases. But um, when it comes to certain properties, it's, it's clearly that. You know, that's not the case. Um, mm. And I just kind of wish that would change so that they would treat us like that's not the case. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we talk about video games? Things we've yeah, been playing. We then should. We can get out of here. So we're going to try to make a quick one this week. <laughs> Good luck. You yeah. got me on it. Um, we, well, let's not talk about video games. Let's talk about something video game related. Uh, we went to a Mafia 3 event. Uh, was it last week? Yes. Yeah. Last week, uh, which was a Mafia 3 themed escape room slash S, because we did two of them, uh, which was in Sydney, and it was myself, uh, Nathan was there, and we wrangled in Mr. Jeremy Ray as well to help us because he's the escape room expert. Um, so this was in, uh, in, in, uh, what's it called? King Street Wharf, I think, uh, in, in Sydney, where they kind of took over strike bowling, and strike bowling does all these um, these escape rooms down there. There's like a handful of them, different theme type stuff. And this was pretty much just like here are two rooms. Um, you'll get a team of six people, and you'll have thirty minutes to try and get out of this mafia themed room and, and see how you go, kind of thing. And um, we did quite poorly. <laughs> uh, it would yeah. be a word that I would use. But to be fair, um, I feel like it was justified, <laughs> like that we were we were kind of uh, doomed to fail from the start. I feel like just because of the way kind of things went. That so, first room was shit. 
Yeah, the first room was this one where they they basically gave us this spiel about um, you know a bit of his backstory and you know, what was going on. Then they blindfolded us and walked us in this room, uh, and then they left the room and they said, "All right, now take your blindfolds off, and you've got thirty minutes." And basically, everybody um, takes off their blindfold, and we are standing in like a pitch black room. It's completely dark, and. Um, uh, basically, somebody found some torches in, like, one of the cubs. I think it was you, Nathan. Uh, no, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> no? I was uh, cramped over near the door we needed to open uh, uh, okay. initially. Yeah. So, somebody found a bunch of, like, uh, handheld torches, and there was, like, three of them in this in this little cabinet. And then um, we are basically in a very small boxed room. There was... Uh, two doors one where we came from and then one on the other side of the room with like a keypad on the wall and then on the walls were like all these different uh a couple boxes there's like a shelf full of crap and most of these boxes i think it was about three within that single room we're in had padlocks on them with combinations so we needed to kind of figure out what we were supposed to be doing and um uh we started sort of figuring out uh certain clues throughout the room like you found a bunch of of uh like stickers that had letters on them and then also numbers and we kind of figured out that each box was labeled with a name and then those letters were corresponding um to which box we had to use and then those uh the two letters were kind of the position of the number that the uh the key combination needed to go in so um eventually we got a few things opened we managed to open one of the doors um, into the other room and I think it was at that stage where I was like because uh, now we had these two two rooms open we, we kind of a quite wide area where we couldn't see fucking anything because there's six people and only three torches uh, and one of the boxes on the wall was was named like lighting and I was like well we need to fucking figure out this one here first because we can't see shit in this room and I feel like the lights are really important that would help us a lot and uh while this is kind of going on, I guess we're, we're sort of going through this room and finding all these little stickers. And, and pretty much the entire room, uh, the two rooms, these stickers are the only type of puzzle that we're really trying to solve at the moment. Like We're not getting, getting much else done. Um, and, and so we've got like four or five boxes that we're trying to, trying to figure out now. We've got all these different stickers that we found hidden around the rooms. And... We're completely stuck on this lighting one. Like, we found, I think, two of them, and that was it. And we're like, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, so, anyway, Jeremy starts trying to brute force his lock by just putting random combinations into the, the first two slots that were missing. Eventually, he gets that open, switches the lights on, uh, which was super helpful because we can see everything. And then we start moving on to, like, the next the next puzzle. Um, and he ends up doing the same thing to another box, where we found, I think, three clues or two two or three on that one. He does the same thing. Basically, he just guesses the combination. We get that one open. And, um, yeah, eventually we get to a point where we're kind of out of locks to open. And we're on this, uh, this other cabinet where there's a bunch of numbers on there. And then there's, like, numbers on a wall. And we're super stuck. We've got, like, ten minutes left at this stage. And we had to use one of our clues, right? Because we just didn't know what else to do. I think it was about, what, 10 minutes left, do you reckon, Nathan? Yeah, about that. Yeah. And um, 
And so for 10 minutes, we're fucking around with this clue. Do you remember what the clue was? Um, no. no. Something about, like, dots and Oh, numbers. the dots. Oh, yeah, the dots. There was a chest of drawers that had numbers on the bottom, but it had dots under certain numbers. Mm. And then it had a hatchet, a drawing of a bloody hatchet below it. Yeah. cleaver rather so we went back to the other room that had a bloody cleaver on it but it had like 10 digits on the wall or something yeah and some of them look like they might have dots under them but others didn't and then it was like but this is a five digit code not a four digit code so it was a bit confusing yeah um and it eventually turned out that you had to get the numbers from the uh the like drawing uh the cabinet and then line them up with the numbers on the wall in the other room. So you take the, I think the first number was like a seven on the cabinet and then you had to get the seventh number on the one in the wall. And then that was your first combination. And then you had to get the, um, the second number from the cabinet and then go back to the wall. And then that was the number you had to, had to use. But yeah, I don't know where these fucking dots came from. That was confusing. Oh, is that what it, like, I had no idea what she was talking about when she, we asked her what the explanation was. She's like, Oh, it's easy. It's this. I'm like, no, that's, That's weird. You basically had to get the the numbers corresponding on that cabinet, that drawer, and then go to the other room and then pick that number out from that list, and that was the one you had to use. And I was like, the fuck did the dots have to do with it then? Wait, so you picked the, the, the four numbers starting with the one that you went with on the second... See, this is what I mean. I was so there was, there was like seven, I think it was like seven, 11, two, and five. Say so that was what was written on the cabinet. And then you had to go in the other room and pick the seventh number. And then that was your uh, first combination. The next one was the 11th number. And then that was your next combination. And we had to eventually put that into, um, I think that was another drawer somewhere we had to put that into. But yeah, that really fucking stumped us. We were pretty much... Um, fucked by that one anyway but the best part of this entire story is when <laughs> when we fucking when she walks in the room to come get us uh she walks in and goes oh what's going on in here why are the lights on <laughs> she, she goes the lights aren't supposed to be on We're like what are you talking about she's like how'd you get that box open you're not supposed to be able to get that open you're supposed to be like this entire puzzle is supposed to be done in the dark and we're like, what the fuck? We spent a good, like, 15 minutes trying to get the fucking lighting box open. Yep. Um, so, apparently, they left... They accidentally left uh, two clues from, I guess, whatever puzzle they've, like, transformed this on from the past and left two of them in the room. And uh, we managed to get into that box <laughs> by just guessing our way through it. <laughs> Which was pretty shit because... Uh, it was, like, funny that we actually got into that thing, but it was also a bit crap because we spent a lot of time trying to figure that out because <laughs> we but couldn't why, fucking why see. Why wouldn't you? Especially because one of the torches wasn't working properly. <laughs> like, it had the worst light. So, we had a, an iPad. Yeah, uh, we used the, the iPad. time on it. We used that as light and then um, one properly working torch. But, like, I don't know, man. Just There, there was logic leaps and I fucking hate logic leaps. Like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to do this, and then you do that. And that's like, but what? Yeah. And there, were, there weren't four dots beneath four numbers on that chest of drawers. 
to go back and refer to four numbers back in the other room. That's what I mean. Like, it was only three dots. So <laughs> it was like, okay, so we've got three numbers. So we've got three out of the four possible combination options, but not the fourth. Yeah. Um, so that one was a bit, a bit shit. But, uh, yeah, the, I, I quite enjoyed that when she walked in and she was so fucking confused as to why the lights were on. It was awesome. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, anyway, and then we finished that up. We left that room and then pretty much straight away, they grabbed us and said, do you guys want to do another one? And we were like, sure, we'll do another one. Um, <laughs> were we? <laughs> Jung was like, yeah. And I was like, I just want to have drinks. <laughs> yeah. And those rooms are so hot. I just want to have non-alcoholic drinks. <laughs> and they keep pairing us up with people who don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was, yeah, this was also like an IGN mafia three events i guess and we were kind of um there was a small handful of non uh it was pretty much community based uh but we were like i think it was like five or six people there that weren't actually community based or media type folk um so we got paired up with i think some of the actors that were there right they were dressing up and shit oh right that makes sense those guys because we got a photo with them remember no, I don't <laughs> you don't remember. We got a photo with some randoms. They were dressed up as uh, mafia people, right? Okay. Mm. Cool. Good, good. So we jumped into this next one. Next one was like a uh, a casino themed jewel heist uh, room, and uh, this one was definitely a bit better. I felt like this one was not like uh it was more thought out it was thought out a lot more well like things actually made sense as opposed to the other room it was kind of just random shit like here's a bunch of locks try and get into them uh yeah but that first room was tough like the first room in the second uh escape room it's just confusing yeah (laughs) it was a casino like a very small casino room when there was on the wall uh it was like a blackjack i think it was blackjack type pitches and then there was like a craps table uh, poker machine somewhere and then what was the third game poker fourth game poker. poker okay yeah yeah and pretty much each one had a uh like a number you needed to work out and i don't know how the fuck we got to that number i think we brute forced our way through that number as well i think we did it for the third one like i figured out the poker table one like which the winning hand and then we counted the um, chips and then the craps I still don't really know what the fuck happened with the craps table and then uh, we counted the queens on the um, pokey machine I'm like okay yep cool confident about that one but then we weren't confident about two and we because we weren't confident about two we also weren't confident about the order which yeah. I think we had right because it was like the times that the events happened that you did they that determine the order? Yeah, that made sense to me. But like, but there was no way of knowing because we were iffy on two out of four. So <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's what, like once again, Jung stood there just punching numbers in this combination. Yep, for ten minutes randomly. Well, we had to. We lost so much time in that room. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Is I felt like these rooms weren't designed for thirty minutes. They they felt like they were designed for a lot longer. And a lot fewer people. Yeah, a lot less <laughs> That people. second one especially. Holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah, there was not much room. Six of us, and we, you couldn't even really get past each other. You just kind of just, like had to rely on the person standing in the corner to <laughs> figure shit out. Yeah. Have you done Jeremy's, the place Jeremy works at? No, I haven't. 
Yeah, that is like a good size series of rooms. Like you don't, you can walk around very comfortably, um, and the puzzles there make uh, a lot of sense, <laughs> and they're very thought thought out and very good. Uh, we yeah. should do one of those sometime. I did. I did one at um, North Ride. I don't even know how it was found, but I did that with three other people. Uh, and you wouldn't want to go beyond three because it was like similarly cramped, but with four people, it was fine. Yeah. Um, so you wouldn't want to go above three other people, I should say. Yeah. Six would have been too much, but I think you can have six, but, um, it was, it was really good. Like, and that was my first experience of an escape room and there wasn't like, you didn't feel like you were getting bullshitted, but also it wasn't just simple stuff like it wasn't single note puzzles it wasn't just counting something or finding letters like there was all these intricacies there was like a computer terminal that you had to type in stuff and there was a remote control car involved that was hidden behind a wall but you had to move the like pull the trigger to make the thing move to hear it to know that there was a fake wall there like it was hmm. super intricate and clever and we got out in the last minute cool um, which made it really satisfying but that was an hour and yeah. I was like, fucking hour, this is bullshit. And they're like, it'll fly by. And, and it did. Like, the, the half hour flies by particularly Super fast. quick, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I would love, I'd love to do more of them. I just, I'm a bit concerned now that we've kind of discovered that there's, there are escape rooms that are just sort of like, oh, this is the solution. And you're not like, you, I think if you're told a solution, you should go, oh my God, yeah, right. We were close to that or, or that makes sense. Not like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how would we have figured that out? Mm. Yeah, just by getting links to things. Um, yeah, so we we didn't we didn't get through that one either because like the next room was a bunch of shit in there as well um, that you had to kind of solve, like four or five different things you had to solve. And then from that room, there was another room, and then that that room I think had another four things you had to solve. And I was just like. This this room in particular feels like it shouldn't have been thirty minutes. Like that's a lot of things to try and get through in such a short amount of time. Um, Absolutely, which is why I thought you need at least double double time to to get in there. Uh, but I don't know. I, I still had fun, kind of <laughs> at least attempting it. <laughs> it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, I guess. Yeah, I just was, was a bit down on that first one because. Because her explanation didn't make any sense, <laughs> but we're still talking about it. Uh, but that second one was great, and I would have loved um, a bit more time, or, or I guess some other people who perhaps had done escape rooms before, so they kind of understood the sort of hints and the clues and the and the, and the way to think about it. Yep. Because um, yeah, we got pretty stuck on that that second room. But, like, again, when she said the explanation uh, in the second portion of the second room, it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, that's actually really cool. Hmm. Yeah, and we were, I think, two puzzles away from getting out of... Oh, we smashed that last room when she let us go over time. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we left the other three people that were with us. Just worked as a three threesome. See what they wanted out. They're like, we're out of here. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, something different. For a, a video game themed event, um, without the game there, a bit strange, but sure. Yeah, uh, but we can talk about the game, can't we? We can. It's um, it's been out since Friday. It is out. It's out now. Uh, have you been playing on PC or console? PC. I have a console copy which I'm saving to play with the lady potentially, but um, I'm 
PC guy. I wanted to play it on PC. Plus, I also had an article to write about how it um, how it fared on PC at launch. Yeah. All right. So that was a um, bit of a problem, <laughs> would you say? Uh, massive problem. I, I think that um, the, every time someone releases a dodgy, like an obviously dodgy PC port at launch, that they deserve to get smashed harder than the dodgy port before <laughs> because it's not like this is the first time it's happened right i could think of what two off the top of my head arkham knight and uh the evil within what was wrong with the evil within they both launched like forget the arkham knight's myriad of fucking problems outside of this but they both launched with a 30 frames per second cap oh, okay now you could do an i and i hack on arkham knight and possibly evil within but Either way, both of those games were eventually patched, although Arkham Knight took a lot longer, uh, were eventually patched to include oh, 60 frames per second on PC. What? Like, like it's how is this a fucking surprise? People spend thousands of dollars on making their PCs, you know, high end, able to run games, not just look beautiful, but like play at a, at a frame rate that we've become used to. Imagine if like, suddenly like call of duty or something said oh yeah okay we're moving back to 30 frames per second because we want to make our game look good like consoles would be up in arms like that's like the sort of accurate comparison Mm -hmm. because i mean you've got a high-end pc i've got a high-end pc job's got a high-end pc i don't want to play a game at 30 frames per second if i don't have to yeah especially on pc like it was running really slow <laughs> on PC, especially with that the motion blur thing they were doing with it. That did not work very well on 30 frames per second. I think I turned it off. Yeah. Like, like before I even tested it, I think I just turned it off. I'm like, fuck motion blur. <laughs> yeah, it looked like shit. Um, but the other thing, the, the thing I wasn't quite sure about is they had V-Sync in there already. Yeah. Which, uh, that doesn't, like, that seems like a mistake of them like, I don't understand how the 30 frames per second thing was in there if they had V-Sync as an option. Can't you cap V-Sync to 30? You can. But generally, V-Sync's used for high, higher frame rates, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. So, like, you want... If you get a high frame rate and your monitor is not in sync with it that's when you start getting that screen tearing so they had a v-sync option in the game but the game was capped at 30 which is not you're not going to have screen tearing problems with 30 frames yeah a bit odd yeah that's why i was like this seems something's not right here uh and i was reading up on a few things that they were saying it was apparently a mistake i don't know but um they were quite quick to fix that it was patched within what two days three days yeah Two days. Two days. Uh, and it runs better now. I wouldn't say it's it's optimized very well. I'm getting about between 50 and 60 on on high, uh, which is, is a lot better. It stacks better than what it was running before. Even at 30, like, going from that to 45 um, was a huge noticeable difference because I still had everything maxed out pretty much. And 45 was a bit uh, was a bit rough still, so I, I knocked a few things down. But otherwise, uh, yeah, that 30 was 
causing me a lot of problems to the point where I stopped playing the game until I was waiting for that patch to come out because um, I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it on the PC. I'd rather... I knew the patch was coming. They said it was coming out and it'd be out like during the weekend. So I thought I'll just wait. And once it's out, then I'll have a better experience. And yeah, that, that definitely happened. It's running decent now. I think that they've done some... Um, a really poor job in this version of the, the PC. It's not optimized well at all, uh, especially for like myself and you who are running pretty high-end graphics cards. Um, not not in terms of we don't have like 1080s, but we've got last generation's pretty top-tier graphics cards, so it should be running quite well. Um, and the fact that that's not happening, uh, and that I can run you know games like The Witcher uh, Three, which is graphically amazing. Uh, quite high frames and this should be able to handle it so yeah it's definitely optimized very poorly uh are you having similar issues with the the frames or like what's your experience been like yeah um uh, it's definitely poorly optimized because i went back and checked the steam reviews um after getting like i've left everything on full and it, it drops down as low as 36 sometimes uh but that's like driving so i don't really give a shit I mean, I'd, I'd rather it not drop that low, but, like, it doesn't really impact my gameplay experience. And then when I'm inside, it gets closer to pretty much to 60, um, but mainly it's around the 40 to 50 frames. <clears throat> and, I mean, it's not a Twitch shooter, so I'm not, like, overly concerned about it. Like, it, when it was at 30, uh, combat was tricky, especially on hard. I'm playing on hard. And it was hard because if anyone ran across your aim horizontally, like tracking them was really fucking difficult at 30 frames per second, I found. Um, especially when you're like, have limited ammo, which you do starting out in the game, uh, and your weapons and you're trying to like pull off headshots and whatnot. Like it did make me feel like I was spraying a bit more. But I went back and revisited the Steam reviews after the patch, and this little nugget came up from uh, ZBooCham. Performance of the PC version is garbage. Not much to be said here. Not even a GTX 1080 is able to sustain steady 60 FPS on max settings. <laughs> yeah. So, good to hear in a way that my 980 isn't antiquated because it's, you know, fucking Deus Ex, man. I think that, like, I'll go back to that game, but, like, it really, really bothered me that I had to start turning shit down um, and still couldn't maintain a constant 60 frames per second hmm. and then something like what the battlefield one beta comes out and i'm running at fucking 90 80 or 90 frames a second on ultra um at 1080p you know and i play gears of war 4 i just bumped that up to ultra today i'm getting 60 frames constant like what the fuck is hmm. happening with these people op allegedly optimizing pc ports but anyways uh what do you think of the game man Outside of the performance stuff. It's definitely very different to the last game. Um, I I previewed to... Uh, when did that come out? 2006, was it? No. 2010. So, six years ago. Yeah, six years. Sorry, six years ago, not 2006. Um, yeah, I previewed that. I don't think I reviewed it. I, hmm, I don't think I reviewed it, but I remember talking about it on this show. Um, at, and at the time, I, I basically said that yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, but what I really liked about it was it made me excited for what the next Grand Theft Auto was going to be like. Because Mafia 3, sorry, Mafia 2 looked amazing. Um, it did a really good job of the, like this world building and, and everything in it looked looked 
awesome, like a, a real place. Um, and then I play this and I'm like, it, it doesn't make me think, oh, I wonder what the next GTA will be like. It makes me look at it and go, well, it's not as good as what the last GTA was like. Um, it just seems like a standard, like average type of game so far to me. It's not really doing anything that's really grabbing my attention. Like, I'm having fun with certain things in the game, uh, but I've played 10 hours of it, and pretty much all I've done so far is recruit my um, bandwagon of merry mafia dudes and ladies. There's a lady in there, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I've done for 10 hours, is just go from one story objective to the next one and just get my... All right, now you've got the guy that can... Uh, she comes along and collects your money. Or this one, make sure that all the police don't notice you for however many minutes. Um, or this one calls a van and you can load up on all your uh, weapons and restock. Like, that seems to be the, the structure of the story at the moment. And that's all I've done. <laughs> so I don't know what else the game has to offer. Because I'm just going from one place to another. Uh, and it's either something like run into this area and kill this dude or go into this area and uh punch a bunch of shit that that seems to be the two things that i'm I'm doing at the moment um i'm enjoying that part a little bit it's very samey like everything is pretty much the same for the last 10 hours i'm not doing any variation of things which is kind of disappointing i remember really liking mafia 2 and, and getting engaged in that story i'm just not feeling much at all in the story this time around i like the little the way they're telling it like the little flash forwards with the cia guys and them kind of doing that stuff but the rest of it is not really capturing me at the moment so the interesting thing about um the first two mafia games from my perspective is that they've they've like always kind of had an open sort of world but it's not an open world it's more like a sandbox because it's not open world in the sense of like gta even or um, skyrim or something where you're constantly getting distracted by secondary objectives and emergent stuff happening all the time yeah the first two games were very much about you main pathing it there was very little to do on the side i've recently went and looked at like um how long to beat.com one of my favorite websites mm-hmm. especially when I, if i'm determining whether i should play a game um <laughs> And the difference between, like, main story and main story plus completionist or plus secondary missions or whatever is, like, only a few hours yeah. on average. So, there's not a lot in their world. So, you're right. They, like, they did a very good job of um, creating a sense of space, though, making their cities feel like characters and actually lived in. Yeah. Which is quite an achievement, I think, if you don't have a bunch of fucking secondary quests and emergent events happening all the time. Um, Mafia 3... They've definitely tried to add in more secondary quests. I've been doing those a lot. Like, I've been um, going out of my way to do beyond what is required of me to take on the racket bosses. So, yeah. But it's getting very repetitive. I've started to get some a little bit more mission variety mm-hmm. in terms of um, being able to, like, there was one recently that was it was really impressive because it was fucking devastating that tasked me um Vito tasked me with stealing or hijacking a uh semi trailer yeah which was also a different vehicle to drive which handled like shit when the rain started coming down um so it was like it was interesting because it was different i had to drive a really long way to get back to him but that's okay because it made sense 
in the context of the mission. Usually I hate missions that are on the opposite side of each other. And in Mafia 3's credit, not a lot of them are until you're kind of moving between regions. And then that makes sense. Like the initial missions, and I'm sure you can back this up, are really close together. So you're not spending fucking 20 minutes in your car getting to the other side of the map to talk to someone to go back to the other side of the map to do the mission. Mm-hmm. Like, there's none of that. But anyways, this one was quite a drive, and especially more so because I'm used to stealing sports cars and just zipping around like a madman. Uh, but I got close to, um, literally, within 200 meters of where I dropped it off. Now, an hour or two before, I'd had a warning come up saying, Marcano is getting pissed with you. And he's going to start sending hit squads out. And it hadn't happened. So I'm like, not worried about it. And then fucking 200 meters away from my objective after like a seven, eight minute, 10 minute drive, maybe um, fucking around on the truck, ramming people off the road and whatnot. And, you know, getting sideways with a trailer is fun. But they turned up and I'm like, reacted too late, jumped out of the car, didn't have much health, uh, you know, sorry, didn't have any armor, hadn't healed up because I was like lazy and they just annihilated me. <laughs> and like, I was like, fuck. And when you die, you lose like half your money. So if you're carrying like, 10 yeah. grand, you lose five grand and that hurts. And, and it really pissed me off. But like in a good way, I was like, that was a great example of something that the past games haven't had mm-hmm. primarily being like a secondary quest, but within that, an emergent event that actually just made you not feel completely safe in this world. Because everything leading up to that, I felt like I was on top. Like, I'm the man, I'm going from mission to mission, the world is making way for me, not the other way around, and now I'm kind of, like, a bit more cautious driving around the place, which I'm enjoying. Um, but, like, I I got... I'm thinking back to preview, and I really, like... I'm, I'm thinking about my expectations, because Mafia game, you expect main quest, you expect good characters, you expect good storytelling, and I really like it, but I feel like it's... it deserves some kudos for being kind of really slow in its storytelling but at the same time that kind of really highlights um what like what's not going on in the in the open world Mm -hmm. like that there's not enough emergent stuff like that one instance i said is about it i haven't really come across uh, the occasional truck that i drive past and it comes up as red and i destroy it but i think that was part of um a mission that is now passed so those trucks are no longer out there in the world uh, it's it, yeah because it's taking its time and I'm really enjoying the characters I'm really enjoying like you've said the sort of retrospective flashback flash forward storytelling um, it's kind of really noticeable that like this feels like it's going to be a on the main quest even like a 30 hour game or something yeah but I'm starting to worry that if I don't just main quest it that I might run out of steam yeah um, especially because of how repetitive it is and then and then there's like bugs man <laughs> yeah there's a lot and I don't know if it's just the PC version. It's just heartbreaking. But uh, there was a there was a place that, I, again, I thought it was an emergent event. I was driving around the world uh, picking up those little wiretapping um, pieces of equipment, mm-hmm. which is a cool mechanic, by the way. And um, like the whole wiretapping thing and then it revealing positions. But if you want it to be harder and you want to go in guns blazing, that you don't have to do the wiretap so that everyone shows up on the radar. But anyways, I was going around doing that because I was trying to do stealthy stuff and enemies dumb as shit when it comes to stealth anyway but i stumbled on like a building that was filled with red dots and i'm like oh shit sweet like emergent mm. event went through stealthed everyone killed everyone cleared it out collected all the cash got my armor back up felt pretty good about myself left 
forgot about it. And then a couple of hours later, I was tasked with taking down a racket boss, and it was that place. Mm. But it made me redo it all. Like, yeah, exactly the same as before, same NPCs doing the same weird shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why couldn't it be that when I picked up that a mission objective is like, oh, you've already done this one. And they didn't have to have dynamic dialogue or anything. They just had to tick it off. Like, well, you've already done that one. Yeah. Like, you've already cleared that place out. Yeah, but it does that during the main quest as well. Whereas when you're trying to get these um, these racket bosses, you'll go through an area, clear it out. And um, once you need to, all right, now that you've caused enough mayhem for this boss, he's going to reveal himself to you and, and come after you. Um, you'll go back to the same area and do that same like location again, and and that's super like annoying. I did a bunch last night when I was playing where I uh I'd cleared out an entire area, then basically went back to the dude that gave me the quest and was like, all right, now that you've done that, he's gonna come out, and then he sends me back to the same place. He's hanging out of the warehouse again, and so I'd have to clear out the warehouse a second time, and doing the same thing. Uh, in the span of, you know, 10 minutes twice is kind of annoying. Like that Absolutely. Rep- yeah, repetitive thing comes back to it. And I think they just do a really bad job of explaining how things work as well. And just the layout of certain stuff, like the whole wiretapping thing and like acquiring racket bosses. I don't understand what that has to do with the overall gameplay. Um, like I'm supposed to be getting more money, and I guess that levels, it allows me to get more um, perk bonuses, but I don't understand, uh, like, where I'm getting the income from. Do I receive the income? It doesn't seem like it. I see I get some sort of kickback, but I don't understand how to get the kickback. It just seems to be... Yeah, they yeah. don't explain that well. The kickback is, like, the locations that have the monetary amount beneath them on the map... Um, you go to that place and then you go find your underboss and it's sitting in front of them on a table. But how often does that get updated? Is that like a every four hours it gives you? Um, an I don't know. About, it it lets you know though. Like it lets you know when there's a kickback ready. And if right. if if you miss it, you just look at the map and you when you're scanning around, you'll see that it has like a dollar value beneath. Um, like you will learn what their main bases are. Like, yeah. And you probably already know. Like- I do know. I've, I can see them. They, like, the ones I've got, it says there's 720 bucks there. And I'm like, yeah. that's fucking yeah. nothing. Like, I've got 100K in my bank. I'm not going down the road for 700 bucks. Uh, <laughs> fuck that. Because I'm a pimp daddy and I will, you know, I don't need that 700 bucks. Um, yeah, it just seems like a waste. And I don't understand how that fills up. Is that... Is that something that Alec, you know, I acquire every hour, or is it just like it hits a limit and that's it? I, yeah, I just think it's really poorly implemented. And also, the thing I was talking to you about, um, I think it was last night, about the racket bosses and kind of how they they tie uh, all the people that are in charge together. I think they've implemented that quite poorly. At the moment, it's it's pretty much just a, ster- a series of like slides. You click on a, a screen and it's like here's the boss and you click on that boss and then that goes and shows you uh, what areas he controls and then also what kind of um, what racket bosses are in charge and whether or not you've you've killed them or whatever you've done. Uh, and I think the the layout is just really sloppy. I, I would have liked to see something a little bit better, um, like a, a hierarchy type system. 
Um, something like Shadows of Mordor did was pretty cool, but not even that, like, in terms of interactivity, but just laid out a bit better. Like, some sort of tree that showed me, all right, this is the bosses you're going after, and this is the areas you're in, or, um, you know, this is kind of the path you need to take. Because at the moment, it's just a series of screens that you go from one to the other, and it's just really messy, I think. Uh, which is how I feel like about a lot of the things the game does. It's just, it just seems like it needed more time. It, it just, something about it doesn't feel right. Cause, uh, you'll be running around and just weird graphical glitches. Like, I don't like the thing it does with the sky and the clouds. That moves way too quickly. Um, yeah, it's goofy. Like, I understand that they're trying to do something like dynamic with the lighting, but holy shit slow that thing fucking down <laughs> like you'll be running in an area and all of a sudden it's pitch black and then the next thing it's daytime again and then pitch black within 10 seconds um it just doesn't look realistic at all and yeah just the weird graphical glitches that are happening the weird physics stuff it does um weird like i was watching a video today i gotta send this to you but just like the comparisons between what mafia 2 did and what is in Mafia 3? It's just like a 10-minute video of, of some Russian dude going through all the different things that were in Mafia 2 that aren't in this game or that are in this game and just fucking super sloppy. Um, which is really disappointing because I super enjoyed the last two games. And I feel like that these things are kind of detracting from my experience and, and really letting down, um, you know, what is probably going to be a, an interesting story. Uh, yeah, which sucks because I, I want to enjoy it, <laughs> and I'm a big fan of these these games. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and look, I played a bunch of it in preview, and I really enjoyed what I played. And they kind of dumped us in later in the game, so there was there seemed to be more like kind of diversity of what was going on, and I'm hoping that that comes into it <clears throat> later. Hmm. Um, I mean, like I'm talking like I played the initial opening, and then they fast forwarded us to like when we have the three underbosses and had given them certain districts and, and rackets. And I really think that that's a good mechanic and I'm enjoying the potential of how that will pay off. Yeah. Um, See, I'm not even up to that part yet. Well, I'm, I'm not really either. Like I've just got my third one. Like I said, I was taking my time. So I've just had the first sit down. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't even to allocate anything to anyone. Um, okay. But like such a big fan of the first two games that like, I'm loving that my natural uh, loyalty goes to Vito because, you know, protagonist of the second game. Of course, I'm going to pick him over these other fucking chumps. Yeah. I'm loving that I'm hating Burke because <laughs> mm -hmm. he's drunk, fucking angry piece of shit. But then there's also like these nice little humanizing moments that you get to have or you, conversations you have with his daughter where you start to kind of feel sorry for him, which mm -hmm. is, you know, good and shows sort of the signs of what was great about the first two games in terms of storytelling, in terms of characters. Yeah. But like, I'm a bit worried that there's just been kind of dragged out. You know what I mean? Like that, that the game is going to end up being like I said, 30 or 40 hours on the main quest just for the sake of being able to have a bullet point that says we've got a really long game. Mm. Um, instead of it actually being like, you know, just a 10 hour story, a 10, 12, 15 hour story, like the last two, and then you can kind of go do stuff on the side. I think, like, one of the things that I asked them about in preview was, like, why they got rid of shit like the fuel management system. Yeah. Uh, for the cars. And traffic's now, and 
traffic like and the cops oh my god i didn't notice cops the fuel management so much because I, I i played it like gta you know i kept stealing cars so i never had a point where i was just trying to nurse one car mm-hmm. and any car that i got attached to tended to get shot up or smashed anyway when I crash it into someone or something. So I didn't have this attachment to uh, a particular vehicle that made the fuel management system relevant to me, but I know it was a big deal for other people. And like uh, the creative director, Hayden Blackman, was talking about like it, it was such a deep system that if your windshield went out and how full your fuel tank was impacted your max speed. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's hectic. But the cops, man, I'm really missing the interactivity from the cops i mean one of the big things that set mafia apart from gta was that you actually were worried about cops like in mafia 2 if you ran a stop sign you know run a red light drove dangerously in front of a cop they chased you down and you're like oh i probably should just pay the fine or do i want to try to lose this cop or do i want to kill him you know um so you actually had to kind of pay attention to where they were i'm deliberately you know doing fucking donuts in front of them swerving near them hitting cars on the other side of the road uh while they're watching running red lights cutting them off and they just don't give a shit but like that mechanic it seems like it's in the game right it's just something they took out because there's the um the the mode in the game where you have to scare your passenger you have to intimidate them and you do that by doing things in the like the driving you do it wrong like driving on the wrong side of the road uh near misses on cars drifting that sort of stuff is speeding like those mechanics are in the game they're just not a part of the cop system so it's it's like that was in there at one stage but they took it out and then made it something else yeah and like his response for why did you get rid of it was that he was like it's a revenge story and i don't want the momentum um, to be broken by people getting pulled over by cops. But, like, and I was like, okay, maybe that's fair. I'll see when I play the final version. Um, but no, I'm just, I'm just like missing it, man. I'm missing it. Something mm. fierce. Like, it's such a, like, little thing, but a big thing that set it apart from GTA, I thought. Um, and it also, like, added to this kind of realism of the world, this belief that you weren't just this all-powerful guy cruising through the world that there was consequences for your actions were they as small as speeding or as large as killing someone you know like there was there was a cause and effect yeah this game definitely feel, feels a lot more action uh orientated like i'm just mowing dudes down uh when i'm not stealthing and the stealth mechanic is super easy you pretty much just hide behind a wall whistle and then they come over yeah and that's so stupid <laughs> like well, like, you don't need to add a stealth mechanic to a revenge story, for starters. Like, if you were to say, we don't have stealth because Lincoln Clay is basically the Punisher and he's going in and killing everyone, I don't think anyone's going to go, oh, fuck, it'd be nice to have stealth. But, like, when you add a stealth mechanic and all you do is have to do is whistle and every time they will come and if you whistle at them from a corner and you stab them while they're watching, their little, like awareness notification doesn't get like big enough for them to actually notice that you're there and because on a corner he will stab them and pull them around the corner so their body disappears it just makes stealthing ridiculously easy and if it goes like i actually enjoy the shooting man i love the shooting i think the shooting is probably the best part of this game um especially when you're dealing with like destructible cover and whatnot and just the amount of times i've had cover shot out around me or i've killed guys through cover yeah particularly enjoying that and you know the sound of the feel of the guns um but 
like the stealth stuff. I'm I'm like if I do it, I just feel like I'm <laughs> I'm like um, yeah, two you know, OP. See, I think I'm I yeah uh, I think I'm playing this game wrong because I've been playing it pretty much the last ten hours as stealth. I would say eighty. So have I though. I've been doing that too because what they told me in preview, and I don't know if this is true anymore. I don't know if they've got rid of the feature. I said, "What's the incentive for playing stealthy?" There is um, none. And they said, <laughs> "You you will be rewarded with additional narrative bits that you wouldn't get if you went in guns blazing." Uh, I don't know if that's there anymore, man. I think they might have got rid of that idea. If there is an incentive, once again, they haven't made it clear. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's... I'm just doing it because it was fucking easy. <laughs> like, I'm just blasting through people. Um, and I would get to the racket boss without anybody noticing. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if that's the right way to play this game. Because it's, it's I don't think it's a stealth game. It should be it should be about the guns, like the old school types of feel of the guns and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I should have more of an emphasis on, you know, bigger, better takedowns and environmental takedowns. We'd say double with a little bit. Yeah, it's in there. It's in there, right? Like you'll you'll grab someone from behind a couch or something and he'll kind of stab them in the throat and then fling them across like out of cover. Well, the same thing with like, uh, you know, around the wall. He'll, he'll Like you mentioned, he'll bring them around out of cover. Like that stuff is in there. But that's pretty much all there is. There's nothing and, else to like. You just whistle. Yeah, and you can relocate bodies. And on top of that, if you get sprung by a guard, um, you've got like two seconds where you can bum rush him and <laughs> hit the takedown button, and it'll be an instant takedown. And like ninety percent of the time, no one's notified. I've also noticed that you can clear certain rooms. Uh, or areas outside particularly and then in the next area there'll be guys just patrolling like nothing's happened like they didn't just hear gunshots yeah so the it's, AI like an, is, it's like an area effect but like the physics i'm like except when it fucks up which is rarely for me to be honest but the physics engine is really enjoyable when it comes to shootouts man like Ooh. the the yeah. shotguns and like it feels like you're cutting dudes in half when you, you hit them with a sawn off shotgun in the guts when they're like running by they go flying it's super satisfying yeah i like uh, i like um in the swamp areas where you grab a dude and just throw them in the water and then wait three seconds oh with their bodies or when they're alive well with their bodies when they're when they're like dead yeah, 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 you just throw I'd- them in the water and just wait for the crocodiles to come get them. Aren't they freaky? That made me not want to go in the water anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's I was one- like I'm gonna fucking die. But you know, that's one thing it does well. Uh, and like, they're not just in the swamp areas; they're in other areas too, which is freaky. Like they're hanging around Vito's base on the on the wharfs. You it can seems see to them be in any the water. water, like any any path of like area of water that you can throw someone into you wait a couple seconds they'll, they'll get eaten but I have seen the actual uh, alligators or croc I don't know what the fuck they are crocodiles alligators alligators, alligators. Um, I have seen them out in the water I just don't know what happens when I go near them I've got an idea of what might happen but <laughs> I'm not going to try it I'm scared of them which is again a good little idea and I don't think they're in every um, they're not no body of water because I had a cop chase and I misread the map heinously the mini map and I ended up jumping a car into the water and I was like super tense shitting myself trying to get back onto land didn't help that it was bugging out it wouldn't let me climb back upstairs but I'm swimming like like tense like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get eaten by a fucking alligator like <laughs> you know like you I, I love throwing guys in here into the water in crocodile or alligator areas and within three seconds they're fucking you don't see the alligator you just hear this noise and thrashing and then they're gone and you fucking it's terrifying but 
they didn't get me and I think that's good like it adds to this idea that they're not everywhere but they could have been there so it gets some things right man but I can't get over like again in preview um, I thought that the game was quite pretty and I think that I was focusing predominantly on the characters because I think that they've put most of their attention to detail and to the look of the characters especially in the in-engine cutscenes man like they look great like yeah. the performances translate really well and even in the game world like you know the back of Lincoln's jacket and the way that it moves and folds and stuff like that like his character his avatar looks amazing but now I'm starting to pay more attention to the, the background some of the drab textures on the walls and the buildings in particular I had my first instance just the other night of a thunderstorm and it was the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah like it just made all visibility disappear which is fine it's a storm but then the clouds basically became 2D sprites or some shit and I was I was just like what the fuck and then within that there's this cool side are you still driving in simulation mode by the way um, I think it reset me back. Oh, really? During the so, patch. <laughs> oh, yeah, it did reset some stuff. But, um, oh, fuck, I've got to check mine then. Anyways, simulation driving in the wet is incredibly satisfying. Like, they've, they've put some attention to detail there in terms of the physics and whatnot. And, and the fact that certain car types drive better on, uh, or they all drive well on the road, but certain ones drive better on the dirt tracks or off-road. Mm-hmm. Like, a sports car just spins out perpetually basically and it takes you such a long time to get it back on the road um and i'm playing with a controller plugged in just for driving because on pc you know you press accelerate and that counts as pedal to the metal whereas on controller you can kind of feather it a bit uh which you need in simulation mode on with the sports cars because otherwise you try to take off and you end up just spinning around smashing into whatever was behind you Hmm. so i've got to love love like disappointed i won't say hate love disappointed relationship with mafia 3 at the moment yeah yeah i feel like i need to play a bit more of it and see what else it has to offer um because yeah at the moment it's 10 hours in it's pretty samey so far uh, and i hope that opens up now that i've got all the mob bosses on my team uh, and i want to see where it goes from there yeah i think that their patience will bite them in the ass though like because you can see some of the progression paths and some of the unlock abilities that you can have from those mob bosses um and how it's not like you know i go back to the far cry 3 example of i when i play an action game with rpg elements you go and look at the progression system and i'm always plotting you know what do i want to get next right yeah or what do i need to get next to get to that one thing that i want the most with uh, far cry 3 i looked at the thing and i'm like i want three of these things everything else is shit like there was not a lot of good choices but in mafia 3 i'm like ooh, these are like all sound like good upgrades and then there's the upgrades to lincoln's weapons and whatnot or specific weapons that you can unlock through uh bettering your relationship with particular underbosses yeah i'm I'm liking that they've tied everything back to the narrative i respect the hell out of them taking their time telling the story in the way that they are but i'm worried that the gameplay that is the majority of the game is not going to get me to the credits and i'm if I do make it, I'm also concerned that it will be just because I'm like, it's a mafia game and I have to finish it and I have to, you know, no spoilers or anything. I have to know what the fuck happened to Joe. And if they don't address that in this game, I'm going to be <laughs> so fucking ropeable. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess we'll wait and see, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, it's a game that with some more patches and, um, on special, would be you know and during a lull (laughs) 
not that those exist anymore, um, yeah. would be worth buying. Uh, but like, I mean, I, I'm not getting the same absolutely adoring feelings that I had for the first two games. Yeah. I yeah. like, I do like it and I am going back to it. Um, and I'm looking forward to going back to it even now, but I am, I have concerns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the same with you. Same thing. Um, I guess we'll find out what Job thinks next. He hasn't probably hasn't played it. Well, has he? Well, he did. He did um, borrow a gaming laptop, I think, to be able to play it. So if he oh, got okay. a code, he might have touched some of it. But I, I imagine that he'd be, yeah, pretty wrecked. Hopefully, he did. Yeah. All right. Should we get the next game? We should. All right. So uh, Gears of War Four is out today, and you yeah, finished it for, for the. Main, for the, the main stream people no no I didn't mean that in a look at me I've had the game for a while because I have but um, I mean it like for the people who didn't want to pay what 140 bucks yeah <laughs> it's out for the crazies today. yeah the the dedicated the crazies the people who really wanted to unlock that sweet sweet shotgun skin before anyone else I guess mm. uh, I've played about 20 hours of it man oh have I, you finished I, or not yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, cool. like across competitive, horde, a lot of horde actually, and uh, campaign. Campaign was about eight to ten hours. Cool. Um, I went through it by myself on normal. I played on normal. I hasten to add because I was on Xbox, and I can't aim for shit. But the funny thing is, speaking of difficulty levels, first of all, I wish people would fucking like developers would come together and actually agree on what constitutes easy, normal, hard, and then beyond that. Yeah. Because I started to get like my my you know feathers up about the fact that normal was like this is your first gears game that was the description for normal difficulty and then I went to hardcore and it's like the way that gears is meant to be played I'm like well I should be playing on hardcore then this game is calling me a pussy <laughs> but yeah. I'm like to my face. That, yeah at that time I'm like look I know I'm going to play the campaign again and co-op with people um, I've really got to get through uh, through it for a a review that I was on standby for, like the most important thing was getting through the campaign. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to go easy. I'll go normal. And it's tough, man. Mm. Um, it's tough on normal on Xbox because, you know, you can't aim as well. Uh, oh, were you playing on Xbox? Yeah. You for the filthy campaign. casual. Well, the PC version wasn't available at that time. Yeah. So played through on Xbox. Uh, and um, I know that Steve Wright and Steve Farrelly were both playing it on Hardcore and had big troubles. And Steve Wright was playing it cooperatively with someone and had troubles. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. And these are these are competent gamers. Uh, it's... Oh, Farrelly! Oh. Well, he plays... <laughs> like, in, like yeah. he's not... I'm not... He's amazing. But um, he plays his games on Hard, always. So... That's yep. better than what I do on console, because again, I can't aim, so I tend to just go normal. <laughs> Unless it's like not a shooter where I don't have to aim, in which case I'll bump it. But um, like it was, it was satisfying to be honest. I just felt that the descriptions were a bit condescending. <laughs> um, but on P- uh, on console, I should add, campaign runs at thirty frames per second because they have done the Uncharted Four thing where they've um, wanted to prioritize visual fidelity in the campaign over a better frame rate and multiplayer same as Uncharted 4 runs 60 frames per second for Gears okay um, it's actually a massive fucking pain in the ass for console people because uh, the active reload system if you want to hit that perfect sweet spot for your active reload on the gun which gives you the damage buff yeah. on how many bullets you've just put into the chamber the 30 frames per second 
you will find you are preempting mm-hmm. uh, to make it hit at the right point, and on 60 frames, you are not. You're actually hitting it bang on. So yeah. it changes your muscle memory between modes, which is fucking stupid, and I can't believe I didn't think of that. Well, I had that problem with uh, Bioshock Remastered. The Because um, my frame rate was running so high, it was so fucking hard to do those hacking things because it would move so quick. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You can get a thing for that, like a tonic. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can get a couple tonics, but I was like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make it hard. Like, yeah. Shit. Anyway. Um, something similar, yeah. That that sort of thing where you're you're given a a bar and you have to hit the sweet spot for it to happen. When you're changing frame le- frame rates constantly, uh, can be quite annoying. Yeah, um, and I think that that's it's good that console people get to learn that there is a difference between it. You know, like that there is a difference in feeling, and then especially when it's in the same product. And active reload is obviously a massive part of giving yourself a competitive edge and is albeit you know fighting that tough boss who's got you down to like one more hit and you're dead and you fuck up your reload like it's such a great system or online more importantly where if you're down to your last sort of bullet and you want to get that perfect active reload so that your one nasher shotgun shell eviscerates the motherfucker coming around the corner Mm. uh, which happens and it's fucking satisfying as fuck um yeah frame rate matters so you won't want to be shifting between campaign and um multiplayer too much multiplayer looks noticeably worse is not a positive word but worse <laughs> on uh xbox okay. but by worse it doesn't look like shit it just is definitely nowhere near as pretty as the carefully orchestrated 30 frames per second and i'm glad that they've prioritized the frame rate because 60 frames gears is the way that that game should be played like it um it's not necessarily a fast-paced shooter in the sense that you would compare it to call of duty or something like that yeah but that that idea of like that feeling of greater fluidity be it in aiming or movement between cover or even your active reload system uh really really adds to the experience i played um 90 minutes of competitive multiplayer i had to play in sort of like a dev session which meant i was playing internationally unfortunately on north american servers but you know what like outside of the times when um, I was sort of hit registry was happening after I died or before the other person died or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't noticing any sort of rubber banding or anything like that. Like it was perfectly fluid and playable. Uh, and not that you'd have to worry about that because, you know, there's a whole bunch of Azure servers locally in Australia that will give you a much better experience than that. Plus, you can also play private match. Um, which I found we had to do private match to do this multiplayer session. And in okay. private match, PC players can join. Hmm. What the fuck? That's cool, right? It is cool, except I was playing on Xbox because I was like, no, that would be unfair. <laughs> no, but it's only, I thought it was only for uh, co-op stuff, not, not... Yeah, that's what I thought. But when I asked the dev about it, he said, no, for any private mode, you can play um, cross-platform. Oh, that's okay. Like, if you if you know what you're in for, I guess. Yeah, it has an icon, like a, a computer screen icon yeah. on the next to the player's head to let them know. And this guy, thankfully, wasn't very good at Gears. <laughs> but, like, at range, deadly, obviously, because pretty easy to pull off headshots with a mouse on these big, chunky avatars. Um, but, yeah, getting up close, and, and the way that where Gears shines is moving between cover and making yourself a really hard target to close the distance because you've want to chainsaw them or you've got your shotgun, which is basically what a lot of the multiplayer kind of descended into. You would, if they were at a certain distance, you would be 
firing at them with your longer range weapons but as soon as they got within you know 10 meters or whatever if you weren't shifting to your shotgun or if you weren't killing them yeah they were were about to fuck you up (laughs) yeah and it's all a lot of firing from the hip because it's like 100 percent accuracy so it's a lot of like rolling around corners or as I love to do when they don't notice you on a corner and they're running down the ramp, blind firing around a corner, like just shredding them. Hmm. Very, very satisfying. But on PC, uh, unlimited frame rate potential, but I was playing um, 60 frames per second uh, campaign, 60 frames per second, like obviously horde mode looked quite attractive. DX12 is fucking awesome. Yeah, and uh, we played a. I played a horde mode with a couple of local PR people and, and a guy who I don't know. Um, we had to play on casual because it gets fucking hard on casual. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I mean, like with me on like on console, it gets harder. But like on PC by yourself, casual wave ten, the boss wave. If you spawn, if they spawn a a tough boss you're in for a tough fight. So that should give you an idea of the kind of difficulty yeah. expectations. But I was playing with them and it was a, a awesome experience. We did 50 waves. Um, hmm. and, and it just keeps going, right? Up to wave 50, yeah. Oh, okay. Up to wave 50, that's when they send in the final boss. And then that final boss was tough. We, cool. um, we lost that a few times. We had to kind of make him get stuck <laughs> and separate so that we could revive each other. Um, but our perfectly like the cool thing about Horde 3.0 as they're calling it is um, the freeform placement of stuff so Mm -hmm. second version of Horde allowed you to kind of build yeah build in placements but they're in fixed positions whereas this I mean outside of like you can't put shit on top of stuff or whatever but like it's very liberal in where it lets you place things so we set up this awesome little defensive corner with electric wires and you know auto turrets covering one way and then manual turrets because they were super OP covering the other way and for about 15 rounds towards the end because we'd earned all this money mm-hmm. we were untouchable <laughs> it was it was still fun though uh, and I'm really looking forward to playing it with PC people you can play with up to oh, five yeah. and it has classes as well and yeah. then there's like class buffs that you can get so you can like tag multiple enemies or see enemies through walls or additional headshot damage and stuff like that uh only on horde not on competitive which is good um and then you can earn like incentivized to earn additional unlocks by um completing certain objectives that can either be generic or class specific so having a lot of fun with it man had a lot of fun with it and just kind of stopped playing because um it's in that lull where I'm just waiting for more people to get it, or to people get to get it. PC, I should say, before so, I can jump back on and take it for a spin again. <laughs> yeah, the um, the crossplay is that only multiplayer, uh, like the horde mode stuff, or can you also do that campaign? Do you, know? you can also do a campaign. Cool. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to test it, but Monsieur Farrelly just didn't get on <laughs> he's like i need help with this bit i'm like sweet i'll jump in and help you he's like cool about 20 minutes i'm like yep hit him up and he's like yeah just give me five more minutes and then nothing happened but um they did say that that was there and i have no reason to not believe them uh and yeah it's good like to know that you can kind of sweep in as a pc guy and help out a little guy who's stuck on a console um and it is it is tricky and i'd love to play it on insane um with four people on pc but then again i not sure that I know four people who are going to get it on PC. Are you getting it? Yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get it. Uh, but probably, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. Sometime maybe this week or next week. Oh, well, I'm away. 
So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like you're away, so I may as well wait till the week after. But then Battlefield's out that that week, so I don't know. <laughs> it's fucking tis the season, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe you should just wait. I'll keep it in store because I think it's a ton of fun. Um, and if there's even one or two other people who are into it, I'd love to go into competitive mode, assuming there's a scene. Um, because what I played on Xbox was a lot of fun. They've got this uh, competitive mode whose name eludes me. Apologies to um, the Coalition for forgetting the name of your new mode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it has a lot of competitive potential. And, and basically, it's King of the Hill with a couple of twists in that you swap sides at halfway and then they shift the positions of the oh no it resets at halftime i should say and it resets the positions of the capture points and there's okay. three points to cap and one's really close to the respective spawn zones and one's in the middle so you get this awesome like fight happening and and if you cap all three zones like you immediately win um but it's also time limited so you can't just it doesn't just keep going and going and going per round like you've got i think a few minutes maybe five minutes uh, and the person with the most points wins the round if it's kind of more of a stalemate situation which when we we pulled back a like we were losing horrendously and we came back to win um so the first to seven and we were down like six to three or something after losing a lot and then we got back up to seven <laughs> so incredibly satisfying but at the end of every round the top player on the losing team gets to pick the spawn location and type of certain weapons mm. so but it, it's not super op in that it's like i'm going to spawn the biggest bestest gun in the game right next to my spawn because if you want to spawn a weapon closest to your spawn it mirrors on the other side and it shows the other team like you're both looking at this overview map so you see exactly where it's going to spawn but if you choose to put something in the middle it'll only spawn one but obviously there's a chance that when the other team knows it's there as well they're going to make a beeline for it yeah uh, so you don't spawn like i don't come in which game they started this in but like the older gears games you don't spawn with explosive grenades you only spawn with smoke grenades which are good for stunning or blocking line of sight but like frag grenades are a pickup and they're a pickup only if someone actually adds them to the map so it's a it's a nice little way to kind of give the losing team a chance to win i mean we fucking we turned it around um their other team was a lot better than our team and in that i mean like our bottom three players were bottom three players <laughs> and i'm not amazing but i was decent because it was on console i played a lot of gear so i was pretty good and yeah. then there was the dev who was just basically fucking carrying us um <laughs> but on the other team they had like i think three out of five would were great and then the others were okay so it was um it was a tough fight but like yeah good to know that you can win via objective or you can win fire kind of fragging and and lots of just it basically descended into people going with the nash shotgun and um just rolling around like rolling under fire and popping up with a you know no scope disintegrating one shot very very satisfying yeah man i'm pumped i'm i'm keen to play it yeah you are we gotta get uh, someone else in there gotta get another three people in there i don't know who else is gonna have it who else has got a decent pc because if they got it on xbox i mean arty probably would have it wouldn't he so i don't know it's an 80 gig download as well yeah fuck Fuck. (laughs) that and then battlefield i was like man i really need that ssd yeah like honestly i'm thinking about getting another one i bought a terabyte a few months back and filled it up i'm like fuck 
<laughs> well, my games drive is only 250 gig. Ouch. Like, I need a, I need an update. Yeah, you do. Because I think Dota takes about a terabyte. I mean, not a terabyte, 100 gigabytes. What? <laughs> That's fucking huge. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something stupid. Anyway, I got to get, get something to fix that up. Because I was looking at those one terabyte uh, SSDs and they seem, that one seemed pretty cheap for what I need it for. Not big enough, man. Get two. Nah, that's, that, that'll do me plenty. That'll do me plenty. All right. Um, should we move on to news then? Yes. Yes. Unless there's anything else you want to sneakily talk about. I think that was it, right? Yeah. Pretty sure that's it. Um, news. Bethesda has gone back and announced that Skyrim Fallout will have mod support on the PlayStation, which is uh, something they were quite open to talking about a few weeks back when they uh, they were giving shit to Sony about not letting them do it. So they've clearly worked something out. What they've worked out, though, I don't know. Maybe they um maybe there was a misunderstanding in the way it was working in the background, or uh, I don't know. But they seem to have sorted that out now, which is good for a lot of people. Because uh, some of the mods on there, um, on Skyrim that I've tried to, in the past on PC are pretty cool. So it's it's awesome that people on the console will be able to play that as well. That's good. Have you um, done any mods on Skyrim before? before? PC Skyrim, absolutely. I modded the fuck out of it to make it look gorgeous um, a couple of years back. Uh, and that was great. Like, I'm really looking forward to actually comparing the modded version of Skyrim to this what are they releasing ultimate edition or whatever later this month yeah because apparently they've added more detail to in engine stuff as well so it'll be interesting to see how far that goes yeah even just like quality of life stuff like the changing the hud was something that i really appreciated that the community did for the mods um because that made things a lot easier to navigate um yeah mods are awesome i don't understand why more people don't support it and the more that the console is get um, access to it and the more that they see the advantages of that I think that they'll, it'll bring a demand for that again like people will start asking why doesn't this game have mod support which is the right question to ask because a game's shelf life like it's free for them you know what I mean like it's free extra advertising after the game's been on sale for however long yeah. look at this amazing Skyrim mod or whatever like people go holy shit yeah I should go back and install fucking Skyrim or I never bought that I should go buy it on the next Steam sale or whatever like it's just win for them yeah, and it keeps the game. I think Bethesda has seen that. That's why they're doing this. Because it's like Skyrim and Fallout are huge games for them that have lasted so long because of the mod support on the PC. Yes. So they're, they're taking that and they're going to run with it on, on console, uh, which I think is really smart. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, No Man's Sky. Do you, I don't know if you saw this, but their subreddit shut down um, what? for no, about 24 hours by their mods. This was earlier on, um, I think this was happening over the weekend, I think Friday night, something like that it was happening because I was watching it. So basically, the mods over at the No Man's Sky subreddit were, I guess, sick of everything that was happening over there. Um, they claimed that it was a hate-filled waste hole with no actual Whoa. discussion. So they just shut it down. They, they kill, killed it and then just uh, packed it up and left. Uh, and then the next day... Uh, basically those mods were removed the um, the subreddit was restored and then a bunch of new mods were allocated 
into the uh, community. <laughs> and it's been a fucking shitstorm since then. Like, I was I was reading some of the stuff and... Yeah, that, that community is just not happy with the direction that game has gone. Like, a lot of the posts in there were talking about how the past mods were somehow had ties with Hello Games and were, were being paid by them. And, uh, and that's why they shut down the, um, basically the, the subreddit because a lot of the posts were, were complaining about, like, the way that, uh, that No Man's Sky turned out and how they're, they're not communicating with any of their community and, uh, how it's just fallen into, like, this terrible, terrible hole of, like you look at how many people are playing that game now, and there's nobody playing it on on Steam. It's like 500 people, active players uh, per day. Um, so yeah, and then up until after that subreddit was restored, it was just another barrage of just horseshit of people just giving them shit about it. So that was quite entertaining to watch that kind of unfold um, and see what happened with there. But yeah, it just puts another emphasis on how badly that this uh hello games has handled the whole situation of, of of no man's sky and what's kind of devolved out of this situation yep i would be interested to see what happens with their next game and how the community reacts to that just from the announcement that they're making one that has their name on it yeah i just finished today a piece on um dead by daylight which i'll be um which will be going up on survivor i think think in the next either the end of next week or the week after it's a halloween thing um and in that i talk about how well they've handled their uh post support of the game and how like they do a weekly stream every um or every week (laughs) and and basically talk about uh the development of the game uh they show like behind the scenes stuff they talk about upcoming up uh patches and changes they're making they answer community questions um they uh they go to like conventions and interact with fans just simple shit like that like doing that once a week giving feedback to the community engaging with them um yeah it's just something that that hello games just it's gone completely over their head and they copped a lot of shit when that game came out but they've stayed quiet about it and they've not said anything and I don't think that's a good move. I think they should have, they should be at least talking and letting people know what's going on. Um, so I, I think that's a really bad mistake on their behalf. Uh, uh, transparency is always the best way. I mean, look at Ubisoft. They've turned around from being like sort of closed mentality, which a lot of the big name publishers are, to being super transparent about what's happened with their games, what's changed, what feedback they've had that they're addressing, what they know they can fix immediately, what's a priority for them. Like it's I think a community is willing to be loyal and stick around. Like Siege didn't have a very good launch, you know what I mean? Um but apparently now it's got more players than it did at launch. Yeah, it's got more players in the division. (laughs) Like like, which is which is amazing and i think is testament to the the transparency and the patience that the community was willing to give them because they were like you know what this is a problem we're working on it or this one's been fixed in the next patch you know just actively showing that people's feedback fucking means something and that they're not trying to spin some you know like when you get the generic press release saying a small number of users have been experiencing this problem and you're like motherfucker everyone's having it like (laughs) yeah 
don't fucking say a select number of like just say there's this problem in the game doesn't don't have to mention how many people have it or how many people don't have it and we're working on it i think is enough instead of spinning it into some shit well like 2k jumped on that mafia problem super quick they they were out there they acknowledged the problem um then they went and updated that post again and said hey we have a fix in the works they're testing it it's going to be out this weekend like within 24 hours they're on top of that shit um and they updated that post like three times i think by the end of it so yeah and that was good it was admirable i think because like it lets people know that this is a thing they know about and that they're working on it um if they would have quit like if they were they were quiet about that it just would have fucking just exploded into a giant mess um but at least they were on top of it and said hey like we understand this is causing problems where we're fixing it we've got something we're working on it'll be out within the next two days um and that's cool I-, I like the fact that they came out and they said that and that's what you know a lot of developers need to understand um and that's why i've been super impressed with what what uh, the developers behind dead by daylight have done you know they're an independent developer and they've nailed their community engagement and the way they've handled that game and like they've got a huge player base they've got like twenty thousand unique players a day playing that game it may not sound like much but that's a top 20 30 game in steam per day and that's a that's a four month old game right there um and they're doing you know good things with the way they operate operate their dlc it's all cosmetic based stuff um maps are free survivors are free killers are free it's just cosmetic stuff that they're selling which is the way you should do paid dlc it shouldn't be pay to win stuff and they seem to understand that yes they're doing an update in uh, for halloween with michael myers um like an actual halloween update which should be really cool like and they've been upfront about like here's the things that are coming here's the change we're making we're testing this stuff like they clearly get how to uh work with the community and how important it is and unfortunately there are some people out there that just don't and that's shit yeah and it's not new you know what i mean like if, if people can see they can track objectively you just mentioned um numbers and figures and stuff that, that people can track or developers mm. and publishers can track to see that there has been a correlation between transparency and a community's willingness to stick around beyond you know initial problems and you know i had issues with dead by daylight at launch but i've still got it installed and i still fully intend on playing it again i just wanted to wait until some of those patches had dropped um and i knew they were coming because they were transparent about it so i don't think it's that hard for um, publishers and developers to learn that if you open with your audience you don't treat them like they're fucking idiots yeah that you'll get their loyalty and loyalty is the most important thing to get from a gaming community especially because they have long memories when it comes to fuck-ups yeah. you know people still shitting on ea for like SimCity and battlefield 4's um launch which is you know probably fair enough it's a good warning to say hey have you guys fixed it um and if battlefield 1 comes out and it's the same like all of that will come back up but if it doesn't it means that they've listened and they've learned and about fucking time yeah i so i uninstalled no man's sky uh, over the weekend um mm. to put mafia on uh because i wanted to get back into no man's sky once they they patched it and and maybe put some more stuff in there but because hello games has been so quiet on what's going on with that game like i don't know how long i'm supposed to be waiting is it something that'll be done next year is it a week away from now like 
they've lost me already. That that's that's too late. So yeah, and by the time you think about coming back to it, there will be other games out, and you'll be like, you know what? No, like you gave me no reason yeah. to to stick around and be patient. So yeah. you go. I I bought your game. I tried it. Um, you know, that's as much as you're gonna get out of me now, and I'll just keep shitting on it because. You know, I'm not going to give you a second chance. You fucked up from there on. Uh, you can't win back my my loyalty. It's too late. That's my. That's the way I see it. Nice. Hmm. Um, that's the news. That's all I put in there. Unless there's anything you know know about that you wanted to quickly mention. I wanted to quickly mention something I forgot for Mafia. Did have you had a look at the mirrors in Mafia Three? Yeah, they're fucked. <laughs> It's a fucking horror story happening in those mirrors, like some sort of time displacement shit where I'm like, hey, I can see myself. Wait, why am I standing back at the door? And then yeah. you look away and you look back and you're like, holy shit, I'm right at the mirror. <laughs> it's fucking well, Slenderman shit. Mine, um, mine's not doing that. Like, I walked into one room and then turned around and you kind of know, like, how, like, you'll see a, it's like they've taken a screenshot and then put it on the mirror, and then that's what it looks like. Um, that's what mine sort of looked like. Like, it would just be me facing away, and that's it. Like, it didn't update at all. So, I would be watching this mirror, and it was just like a, a frame from 10 seconds ago, and that's it. It doesn't update. Uh, yeah. I walked into another mirror, and there was nothing on there. It was just like I wasn't even there. So, I don't know how that is generating the image at all. It's bizarre because, like, it's funny, games like fucking Deus Ex, which I mentioned earlier, that, that gets away with it by doing the old foggy mirror, you know, like, yeah, it hey, that's it a really mirror, blurry or some shit. but, like, you can't see anything in it. I'm like, why can we still not get mirrors right? Um, and even the rear vision mirror, which I think is a great mechanic it's in Mafia fucking, 3. It looks ugly. It's ugly as shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and I get that, that they're kind of having to super generate what's happening behind you where they probably cheat and don't show it. But then again, when you tap the look behind button, it does it instantly. So they should have just gotten rid of the look behind button and made that higher res. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's strange. I just noticed it. I'm like, oh, that's a bit... It's, it's ugly. Whatever's happening up there doesn't look like what I'm driving in. No, and it's good to like, like I use it practically, you know, to glance at it when there's a cop behind me to see if I can get them to smash into, you know, a pole or a parked car or something and swerve at the last minute. But yeah, if I look at it for extended periods of time, I'm like, what is, what is that? What PlayStation 2 game did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Nice. That's it for news. Um, yeah, because I, I, not much came out today in terms of news. I guess PlayStation VR is out this week um, on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. If you pre-ordered it. If you well pre-ordered it. I don't, none of us pre-ordered it. None of us are influential enough to, to get set one, as far, oh. as, far as I know. Uh, we just don't talk to the right PlayStation people, I feel like. That's our problem. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, let's, let's wrap wrap it up get out of here you can find us uh the gap on itunes android the windows store you can find it under the ga podcast or the gap just search that where you can rate and review us as well that helps other people find the show you can also email us at the ga podcast at gmail.com send those in joe likes to get uh, emails and read them on the show he'll do that next week if people send us anything in ask him about his holiday uh maybe we can tell you where he went uh i don't even remember where he went was it like america 
Yeah, somewhere in America. <laughs> was it LA? I think he shifted places, but um, he'll be able to talk all about that. Yeah. I mean, at least to be able to talk about the places that he went. Sounds assuming. like he got super drunk at some places. Oh, of course which he is, is Job. Yeah, that's typical Job. Um, and I, I read something today that someone spelt his name right at a burger joint. What? Yeah. I know, right? I, I don't like it. He'll tell us about that for sure. Something's going he'll on. He'll live with that. Yeah, maybe he said his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, maybe he said Joe. And they wrote Joe. <laughs> Joe. Oh, fucking with him. Uh, you can also find us at tw- on Twitter at twitter.com slash the GA podcast. we got a website at thegapodcast.com. And that's it. You can find me on twitter.com slash Luke Laurie or at uh, survivor.com where last week I put up my NBA 2K17 review. You can go find out what I thought about nice. that. And um, I'm doing some stuff for, yeah, Dead by Daylight in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure when that's going up, but within the next two weeks, I'll talk about it again uh, next week. But you should check that out. Nathan, have you got anything going up uh, anywhere? Um, yeah, keep an eye on, on Red Bull and um, PC Powerplay website at this stage. Otherwise, uh, Game Informer, PC Powerplay magazine, I seem to be in those a bit. There's a new hyper issue coming out that I'm in and I'm pretty sure Job is in as well um, all about VR that should be on shelves soon cool and uh, K-Zone if you're a child listening to this podcast <laughs> which you sh- shouldn't be why at all. why are you listening to this yeah why are you listening don't don't listen to this uh, but do buy K-Zone you have to buy K-Zone to. I think so oh. it's a magazine is it Oh, it's yeah. that mini magazine, right? It's it like, is. Oh, do you get sent them? Yeah, I do. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're cool. Sweet. That's uh. Is that one of those ones where you have to write like thirty words and that's your review? Pretty much. Game, <laughs> game was good. No, you can't just write that. It's got to be um all sort of fun and exciting. It's a, it's a good writing challenge, to be honest. Hmm. And you get yeah. to see a very kind of different um, writing voice to what you might be used to if you're reading my stuff on IGN or PC Powerplay and whatnot. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, well, have fun in Seattle. Thank hey, you. Hey, what, can you say what you're going over there for or not yet? No, I cannot. Oh, okay. Um, but you're back on the weekend, right? Yeah, it's a very short trip. Yeah. Um, we got to get together for board games at some stage. And yeah. drinking. But we'll probably do that in the weekend after or after that or something. Between trips, I'm probably going away again in November. Oh, okay. Wow. To Paris. I can't tell you for what, though. I'm going to take a guess. It's a Ubisoft game? I'm not at liberty to answer that. <laughs> Who else is in Paris? Hmm. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah, isn't that the new hip and happening place for games? It's not. It's not. No, you're lying. Oh. All right. Well, uh, next week we'll probably talk about. Uh, you won't be here. Um, or will you? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. You're probably too busy. Um, Joe will be here and he can talk for three hours about his trip. Probably talk about Battlefield, uh, would be my guess. Um, we will probably talk about uh, more Mafia. And I think that's maybe about it. We'll see. We'll see how we go. I know there's other things happening. Uh, I did get some Dark Souls 3 stuff come up today, but I won't be doing that. So maybe we can wrangle Jung in. I'm sure he'll be playing that one at some stage. Yeah, there's a local Aussie game that's just been released called Clockwork, which I'll probably play on the plane. Okay. Um, look forward to taking that for a spin. A little 2D side-scrolling puzzler. 
yep. um, that I've heard good things about. And uh, Shadow Warrior 2 is out later this week. Yes. So I'm going to hopefully... I don't think I'll have time to take it for a spin before I go, so probably we'll try that on Sunday. Yeah, if I get time, I'll hit him up for a key. Um, but otherwise, probably not. And like. this time of year is cray-cray. Yeah, it's nuts. It is nuts. Uh, all right, well, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with more. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Luke. Bye.